I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, you made it through January. So now we'll tell you what movies you can expect in February. I'm Jeff Braun. The road to the Oscars continues with a look this week at three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. <laughs> we'll also tell you which Best Picture nominee and which Razzie nominee are new to home video this upcoming week. But first, it's the Couch Potatoes February Movie Preview. gargantuan seven-storied structure with no apparent rhyme or reason. Each maze of halls more confusing than the next. It's under never-ending construction. It is built on the orders of a grieving widow. The first new film of the month is called Winchester, The House That Ghosts Built, and stars Helen Mirren and Jason Clark. The film's title first caught my eye because of the name Winchester, like the brothers Winchester from the TV show Supernatural, Sam and Dean, but it's not about them. This film is inspired by true events set on a lonely chunk of land outside San Francisco at the most haunted house in the world, now known as the Winchester Mystery House. It was built by the woman played by Mirren, Sarah Winchester, of the Winchester Rifle Company. Sarah Winchester is the majority shareholder of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. You want to take it away from her? We're worried about her sanity, Dr. Price. Do you believe in ghosts, Doctor? I do not believe in anything I cannot see or study. Jason Clark plays Dr. Eric Price, whom she has summoned to the house. Just Google Winchester Mystery House and you'll find the weirdest looking mansion you've ever seen. It was built 24 hours a day, seven days a week for decades. It is gigantic and to say the least, weird. It's got doorways to nowhere, dead-end hallways, and from the outside it looks like, as the movie synopsis describes, a monstrous monument to a disturbed woman's madness. But she's not building it for herself, no, no. She's building a prison for hundreds of vengeful ghosts, and the most terrifying of them all have a score to settle with the Winchesters. I can feel it. In the air, in the walls. This spirit has a power we've not seen before. It has found us. Hey, look at that. That wasn't even all that scary. Is it over? Are that's, you sure? That's Are you it. screwing with me, Brett? I'm not screwing with you. Has Ellen Mirren ever been in a horror movie before? That's kind of weird, isn't it? Um, Was she in the first Alien? I can't remember. Oh, hang on a second. I, I wouldn't count that as a straight-up horror movie either. Oh, the first me- a- uh, Alien? Uh, also, here's my guess. Uh, the ghosts are like uh, the the bodies of the dead people who've been killed with Winchester rifles over the years. Maybe she's just a guilt thing with her. <laughs> yeah, made, could be. Made their money on the bodies of others. Yeah. I can't remember. She was in something. I don't, it wasn't Alien, I don't think. I'll have to look that up. It was the Queen. Uh, that's what you're thinking of. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, well, I'll try to figure that yeah. out. I, my dad was just watching something that she was in from some uh, 30-odd years ago, so we'll see if we can't figure that out. In the meantime, also starting this weekend... Doc, she didn't even look at it. This is more serious than I thought. Apparently, your mother is amorously infatuated with you instead of your father. 
Whoa, wait, wait a minute. Doc, are you trying to tell me that my mother has got the hots for me? Precisely. Whoa, this is heavy. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Many of your old favorites, including Back to the Future, are coming back to the big screen courtesy of Cineplex. And in fact, they are back as of this weekend. The movie theater chain's annual Flashback Film Fest has returned, and it runs until Thursday, February 8th. The event was formerly known as the Great Digital Film Fest, to highlight the fact that many of the movies shown have been transferred to digital for the first time. The lineup for this festival also includes Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Ask me the questions, Bridgekeeper. I'm not afraid. What is your name? Sir Robin of Camelot. What is your quest? To seek the Holy Grail. What is the capital of Assyria? I don't know that. War games. Shall we play a game? Oh, <laughs> I think I missed them. Yeah, weird, isn't it? Yeah. Love to. How about global thermonuclear war? Wouldn't you prefer a good game, Marshes? The Terminator. Sarah Connor. Yes. Terminator 2. I swear I will not kill anyone. That one's in 3D, by the way. Enjoying its 20th anniversary this year, The Big Lebowski! Hey, hey, this is a private residence, man. Oh, nice Mormon. Rounding out the lineup are Gremlins, Drunken Master, Dune, A View to a Kill, Raising Arizona, The Iron Giant, and Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg's Cornetto Trilogy, Shaun of the Dead, The World's End, and my favorite of the three, Hot Fuzz. How's uh, looked? Uh, he's in the freezer. Did you say cool off? No, I didn't say anything, actually. Shame. There was a bit earlier on that you missed when uh, I distracted him with the cuddly monkey, and then I, I said, playtime's over, and I hit him with the peace lily. You're off the f***ing chain! Once again, the Flashback Film Fest is on now at Cineplex, only until Thursday, February 8th. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Uh, Helen Mirren is, was Mrs. Tingle in Teaching Mrs. Tingle. Is that a horror movie? <laughs> I don't know. I think it is. I oh, and the movie that my dad was watching... Uh, totally not a horror movie. It's White Knights. You remember that movie with uh, nope. Mikhail Baryshnikov and Gregory Hines? Nope. Okay, well, there you go. All right. A new Clint Eastwood movie opens next weekend. It's called The 1517 to Paris. There you go. Thank you. Look at the baby soda, Spencer. Alex, shut the heck up. <laughs> <laughs> The 1517 to Paris is a true story about three American soldiers on vacation in Europe. They're on a train headed for Paris. When terrorists try to take over, these three fellows, Spencer Stone, Anthony Sadler, and Alex Scarlatos, stop the attack. They were lauded as heroes. You may remember the story from the news. The cool thing about the movie is they play themselves. I don't know, man. You ever just feel like life is just pushing us towards something? Like some greater purpose? 
Director Clint Eastwood is throwing caution to the wind by letting three non-actors star in his movie. He's always been willing to try new things, probably what keeps him young. Besides the action on the train, the movie has all sorts of flashbacks by the looks of things, including the guys as children, their home lives, their time in action, and other parts of the vacation they were on at the time. It looks cool. Hopefully they're good natural actors. We'll find out February 9th. Shortcuts. Do what you know is right. We've been chosen for this great work. Next on the Couch Potatoes, as we continue our February movie preview, a film starring a beloved character who has endured for more than a century. We'll tell you what. Up next, you're listening to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett McGarry. He's Jeff Braun. We are the Couch Potatoes. We are doing our February movie preview. We are on to February 9th, and on the 9th, we have a movie about a beloved character who has been around for over a hundred years. It's Peter Rabbit. Blue jacket, no pants. You must be Peter Rabbit. Yeah, that's right. Wait, didn't you try to eat me? Show me your teeth. Do like a go, like. It was you. I knew it. How are you? So good to see you. He was looking at a fox, by the way. From the mind of Beatrix Potter, Peter Rabbit first appeared in children's books starting in 1902 in The Tale of Peter Rabbit. Now in 2018, we have a mix of animation and live action starring James Corden as the rabbit in the blue jacket alongside a large cast of critters who enjoy eating out of a garden. But all that's about to change. I can't think of one thing that could stop our fun. On one side of the fence lives an animal lover named Bee, played by Rose Byrne. On the other side, a new neighbor, Mr. McGregor, played by Domhnall Gleeson, a.k.a. General Hux from the new Star Wars movies. He doesn't like the animals. Checking on a new neighbor? I'll explain it to him. We'll share our land around here. Hello, I'm Bee. These gates are incredibly sturdy. I just need to keep the wildlife out where they belong. You're joking, right? They're angels. This is their place. Oh, Mr. McGregor has a crush on Bee, but he really doesn't like the animals. So that's where the fun begins. Okay, so he's tricked her. There's only one way out of this. He's gotta go. Did you know they set traps in my bed? He's a rabbit. He wouldn't hurt anyone. His face was so classic. He was like... He was stepping on rakes, and the handles were hitting him. That's right, they did the Sideshow Bob rake gag. So there's lots of slapstick fun for the family, and Gleason looks seriously committed to the role, so good for him. The supporting voice cast includes Margot Robbie, Sam Neill, Elizabeth Debicki, and another Star Wars cast member, Daisy Ridley, as the triplets Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail. Looks like fun. We can't give up. It's our home. You're mine now, rabbit. Yeah! Oh! Thomas, what's going on here? 
two boys getting along. Nothing could make me happier. Also on the 9th, the exciting conclusion to the Fifty Shades saga with Fifty Shades Freed. Good morning, wife. Good morning, husband. Don't ask me. This is gray. Look out your window. What you know is true. I'm taking you away for the weekend. I just can't believe this is my life that I get to live with you. Oh, I love your precious heart. nothing to me before you and they lived happily ever after well probably not i'm sure there will be complications sexy complications <laughs> this is jim mateo the architect this location is perfect i'm going to build you a fabulous house please stop speaking to my husband as if i weren't here anna <laughs> you may call me mrs gray uh -oh. sounds like trouble the first two movies in the Fifty Shades Extended Cinematic Universe raked in nearly a billion dollars worldwide, although it is worth noting that the first one, 2015's Fifty Shades of Grey, made almost twice that of last year's sequel, Fifty Shades Darker. There was a lot of hype for the first movie, and most people were disappointed that their trashy book didn't make for a great movie. Sometimes that happens. But if you're still a diehard shade head, buckle up for some sexy fun next Friday. So you want to play? Yes, sir. Christian. I made a vow to love you faithfully, forsaking all others. Did you sleep with her? To comfort you in times of need, and to keep you safe for as long as we both shall live. The guy who plays Christian Grey, Jamie Dornan, he sure. uh, played a serial killer in the TV show The Fall, which you can find on Netflix. Gillian oh, Anderson yeah. from The X-Files right. plays the cop who hunts him down. Uh, I would recommend that over the Fifty Shades. <laughs> Probably a good idea. On February 16th, this one's going to be huge. The first comic book movie about a black superhero. It's Black Panther. I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? We first met Black Panther, real name T'Challa, played by Chadwick Boseman, in Captain America Civil War last year, and he is, I guess I was in 2016 now, and he is cool. Black Panther is set in Wakanda, a technologically advanced African nation. As you heard Martin Freeman in that first clip talking about stuff he'd never seen. And after the death of his father, T'Challa is now the king of Wakanda. My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. His mom is in this, by the way, played by Angela Bassett, and the bad guy is played by Michael B. Jordan, who believes he should be king. I waited my entire life for this. The world's gonna start over. I'm gonna burn it all. 
What happens now determines what happens to the rest of the world. Black Panther has a star-studded cast that also includes Lupita Nyong'o, Denai Guerrera, i.e. Michonne from The Walking Dead, Forrest Whitaker, and Andy Serkis. And hopefully, Falcon finds a way to somehow make an appearance after his amusing exchange with the Panther in Captain America Civil War. So you like cats, Sam? What? Dude shows up dressed like a cat, you don't want to know more? <laughs> One of my favorite lines in that movie. Falcon, I think, really kind of... St- Quietly stole yeah, Captain his, America's his, Civil uh, War. Him sitting in the car with uh, the Winter Soldier. Soldier. That was a great scene as well. <laughs> That's right. Can you move the seat up? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> up next, we're going to find out something about it's another animated film from the makers of Wallace and Gromit. That's up next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We're running down the movies coming out this month with the February movie preview. And on the 16th, there's a movie about cavemen from the creator of Wallace and Gromit, Chicken Run, and Shaun the Sheep. Chief! Time to go hunting! Bit early. Is it dark? Right. Grab a spear. Oh, it's pointy. The movie is called Early Man, about a young caveman named Doug and his kin who have their world turned upside down when a more advanced society of humans discover them. The Age of Stone is over. Long live the Age of Bronze. It looks like a lot of fun in that claymation-type Wallace and Gromit style. Eddie Redmayne voices Doug, while other characters are voiced by Tom Hiddleston, Maisie Williams of Game of Thrones fame, and Timothy Spall. If we win, we can have our valley back. And if we don't beat them, we'll spend the rest of our lives working down a mine. What's a mine? You're pretty brave, caveman. And stupid. You said Eddie Redmayne's name without twitching. I thought you hated that guy. uh, If I don't have to look at his face, I guess I can get on board with it. Okay. With apologies to Eddie Redmayne if he somehow hears this. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, uh, moving on to the 23rd, where Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman invite their friends over for game night. Tonight, we're taking game night up a notch. Oh, boy. Mm. Right out of the gate, Kyle Chandler says it will not be a Cards Against Humanity, Monopoly, Categories kind of game night. No, he has arranged for something much more exciting. Someone in this room is going to be taken, and it's going to be up to you to find them. It's a murder mystery party. Whoever finds the victim wins the grand prize. You're not going to know what's real and what's fake. Wait a sec, you can't just come in here and break the door. Oh! Looks so real. Guys, make sure you get a piece of this cheese. It's just the first one that follows us gets sucked. Okay, Roger that. You drive safe. So some baddies beat up Chandler and abduct him in front of everyone. McAdams, Bateman and company think it's part of the show. The look on Chandler's face suggests otherwise. Either way, the game is on. It's not a joke. You people are in real danger. Is this gun real? Oh, oh no, Andy. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Blood? Lamorne Morris is one of the friends, by the way. He plays Winston Bishop, a.k.a. Winnie the Bish, on New Girl. And if the plot sounds familiar, it's sort of like that Michael Douglas movie, The Game, one of David Fincher's underrated gems. This one, of course, is played for laughs, and it looks pretty funny. Yes! Oh, no, he died! 
instructions on how to remove a bullet. You didn't have rubbing alcohol, so I got you this lovely shard. Good idea. Way to pivot. And then a squeaky toy. For the pain. That's smart, huh? Also on February 23rd, I am super intrigued by this film starring Natalie Portman. It's called Annihilation. from director Alex Garland, who in 2015 directed the Oscar-winning sci-fi hit Ex Machina. It's described as a futuristic gothic horror based on part one of author Jeff Vandermeer's Southern Reach trilogy, which was published in 2014. Did it communicate with you? It reacted to me. You really have no idea what it was. Here's the official description. Area X has been cut off from the rest of the continent for decades. Nature has reclaimed the last vestiges of human civilization. The first expedition returned with reports of a pristine Edenic landscape. All the members of the second expedition committed suicide. The third expedition died in a hail of gunfire as its members turned on one another. The members of the 11th expedition returned as shadows of their former selves. And within months of their return, all had died of aggressive cancer. This is the 12th expedition. Did your husband contact you at any point while he was away? No. It was his decision to go in. Joining Portman in the cast are Jennifer Jason Leigh, Gina Rodriguez, Oscar Isaac, and Benedict Wong. Worth pointing out that even though it's part of a trilogy of books, Garland has said he considers this film to be a standalone story. Why did my husband volunteer for a suicide mission? You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. Also on the 23rd, a young adult romance slash sci-fi movie that could melt your brain. It's called Every Day. I am someone who wakes up in a different body every day. Always someone my age. Never too far from the last, never the same person twice. I have absolutely no control over any of it. The day that Amy shadowed you at school, I was Amy. And the day that you went to the beach with Justin, I was Justin. It's not possible. It is. They laid it out there, but let's break it down. IMDb describes every day thusly. Based on David Levithan's acclaimed New York Times bestseller, Every Day tells the story of Rhiannon, a 16-year-old girl who falls in love with a mysterious soul named A who inhabits a different body every day. So, it's a high school girl, uh, Andre Rice, who was terrific a couple years ago in The Nice Guys, who falls in love, but the person she falls in love with changes bodies literally every day. So she has a new boyfriend, a girlfriend every day, even though it's really the same person. If that makes sense. One day, it's Spider-Man's friend, Ned. Hey, it's me. Every day of your life, you've just woken up and... Just tried to live that day for that person. 
That sounds really lonely. It isn't, because I know what makes each person different and what makes everyone the same. It's insane! This could be a horror movie or an action movie, but it's a cool sci-fi concept dressed up like a teen drama. There are, of course, some hiccups, like when A turns into a portly boy whose family's about to leave on vacation. Michael, we are gonna miss our flight! My family's supposed to fly to Honolulu today! If I go, tomorrow I wake up as a kid who's not flying back here. Oh my god, this kid does not exercise! The trailer isn't super clear about what happens to the soul of the person that A takes over each day. I guess they get a day off. And of course the trailer alludes to what may happen long term if there's a way for A to permanently take a body. Every day is clearly a movie meant for teenagers, which is sort of irritating because I want to see how it plays out. I have to go. Wait! Stop! Who even was that? I'm, I'm forcing Alexander out of his own life and it's wrong. What are you saying? Think about what happens if you and I stay together. We can make it work. I want to believe that. What will happen to your life if I'm the person in the world that you're closest to? What about us? What about us? You know, I thought you'd left, left. I'd never leave. Other than every day. What about us? Coming up next... Jeff Braun has a review of one Best Picture nominee, and then we'll tell you another Best Picture nominee is coming to home video. That concludes, by the way, the Couch Potatoes February movie preview. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. And the road to the Oscars continue this week with a look at three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. What's along what you can and cannot say on a billboard? I'd do anything to catch your daughter's killer. I don't think those billboards is very fair. The police is too busy eating Krispy Kremes to solve actual crime. What's the matter with you saying that stuff on TV? Go, girl. There's a lot of good friends at the sheriff. Hey. Ah! You didn't drill a little hole in the dentist today, did you? Of course not. Three billboards. Radar. This movie came out in November, left theaters, and is now returned thanks to the seven Oscar nominations it received, including Best Picture, Best Actress for Frances McDormand, and Best Supporting Actor nods for both Sam Rockwell and Woody Harrelson. Quick side note, Harrelson was in at least four movies last year. This, War for the Planet of the Apes, a movie about LBJ and The Glass Castle. A dude is just getting it done. But he probably won't win an Oscar. His co-star Rockwell has been killing it through award season, as has McDormand. The movie is also one about half the various best picture type prizes it's been up for with the shape of water winning most of the others so that's sort of the two horse race in a very good field this year if you missed what three billboards is about francis mcdormand plays a mom whose daughter was murdered 18 months ago and she's upset that the police haven't found the killer yet so she rents three billboards on the outskirts of town and blasts the police chief on them which of course draws a lot of attention woody harrelson is the chief for sam rockwell one of the cops who everyone says has previously tortured black prisoners both the police characters also have some home life stories which gives the movie a little more depth than you would expect uh, which I suspect is why it's getting some of the awards attention. You can tell when a movie tries to go the extra mile to fill itself out better and this certainly does that, creating a fully realized community in quite a brisk fashion. Of course, the movies that lead the Oscar field tend to feel some backlash and the backlash against three billboards has been harsh. The movie is being called flat out racist by some. I sort of get their point but not really. There is a racist character who ends up trying to do something good and I think the argument being that the movie should should not show any upside to anyone with racist leanings. The counter-argument being that life is shades of grey, and sometimes bad people can do good things. I would argue that makes for a much more interesting movie. I think we... Uh Knowledge someone trying to turn one part of themselves around without having to think of them as a saint because of it. 
It is some progress, which is what we all want for all of us in the areas of our lives where we fall short anyways, isn't it? I don't know. So I didn't really get that part of the backlash. I would also say, though, that I don't really get what it is people see in this movie. A lot of people say it's their favorite movie of the year. Of the Best Picture nominees I've seen so far, which is seven of them, I would rank it last. It was fine, but nothing special. And some of it was pretty ridiculous. Francis McDormand's character does a couple of crazy things that I think we're supposed to find funny, but one of them is just so far over the line that I just couldn't get on board with it. The performances were good all around. Peter Dinklage is in it, Tyrion from Game of Thrones, and at first I was like, why is he taking such a small part in this movie, given that he's, you know, basically the main character on the most popular show on TV right now, but then I remembered he's worked with the director Martin McDonough in the uh, his amazing film In Bruges, which I highly recommend, so I guess Tyrion did a favor for his old friend here. John Hawk's also in it. He's got two scenes. He's always terrific. I like seeing him in anything. And an actor by the name of Caleb Landry Jones is in it. He rents out the billboards in the town. He ends up, I think, being the nicest guy in the movie, which I enjoy because he's also the worst guy in all of the Best Picture uh, nominee movies because he plays the sadistic brother in Get Out. Remember the brother in Get Out, Brett? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the same guy. So he sort of anchors both ends of the, the nice spectrum at the Oscars this year. As for Three Billboards, again, I was pretty meh on it. It's not bad, but it didn't really draw me in or engage me like I'd hoped. So three couch cushions out of five for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. A bold review from Braun on Three Billboards. Thank you very much, Jeff. Good for you. Seven of nine. Seven of nine. Oh, isn't that a Star Trek thing? Is that seven of nine or six of nine? I think it's seven of, oh, nine. Seven of nine. Look at that. An inadvertent Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> was, it, was she a Borg? Anyway. She yeah. was, yes, something. Our, she didn't have a human mother that named her Seven of Nine. <laughs> <laughs> So that's one Best Picture nominee. Here's one that Jeff has not seen. We have before us many, many long months of struggle and suffering. Even though many old and famous states have fallen into the grip of the Nazi rule, we shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. What's that? Gary Oldman in Darkest Hour, where he plays Winston Churchill. It's got the Best Picture nominee. He's got the Best Actor nominee. He's been winning other awards for it. So he's uh, the heavy favorite going into the Oscars this year. And that is now available, or going to be available as of Tuesday on Digital HD. Yeah, that's exciting. So it saves, uh, saves me a trip to the theater to see that one. I just have to see that one and call me by your name still. Cool. Call me by your name. Just uh, released wide Last this week. past yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, so that's the the best picture nominee that's out on digital HD. We referenced earlier in the show that a golden raspberry nominee is also available. Is that Daddy's Home too? Yes. They got not nominated for Razzies. We're Mark starting... Wahlberg did. Oh, Wally did, and Will Ferrell did. Uh, I think maybe Mel Gibson did as well. I thought I saw his name on a list of something. Oh, okay. He's in it, right? He plays Marky Mark's dad in this one. That's right. And John Lithgow plays Will Ferrell's dad. That is the most inspired casting. I think I've ever heard. You can that makes sense. You know what I mean? It does. Oh man, yeah, that's really good casting. So that's uh, digital HD on hard copy Blu-ray on Tuesday. You can get a Bad Mom's Christmas with Mila Kunis, Kristen Bell, and Catherine Hahn. Only the Brave. That's that firefighter movie with uh, Josh Brolin and Jeff Bridges. Based does based on true story that one, right? Yep. Uh, Suburbicon, the George Clooney directed Matt Damon movie that did nothing that no one was interested in, got bad reviews. <laughs> and the uh, aforementioned Woody Harrelson LBJ, where he plays uh, President. Lyndon B. Johnson. Cool. Uh, I wanted to, we've got a couple of minutes yeah. left here. I'll just quickly tell you that I have started watching Blue Planet 2. The ocean 
the largest habitat on Earth. A generation ago, the series The Blue Planet took us beneath the waves. But now we know so much more. Take a deep breath. So this is from BBC Earth. You might remember a few weeks back I said, hey, this is coming. Yeah. It's supposed to debut on January 20th, I think, but my PVR listings didn't have it there yet. Oh. So I set my PVR anyway. And then it didn't record. I had to find it. Uh, but now it is listed as Blue Planet 2 on your schedule. Two episodes have aired so far, and I believe it is a seven-episode series. So hopefully they'll rerun the other ones in case you have missed it. But yeah, last year I was just... Uh, completely immersed in Planet Earth 2, narrated by Sir David Attenborough and scored by Hans Zimmer. Uh, same team here, Sir David Attenborough is the narrator once again, and Hans Zimmer does the score. And it's just ocean stuff. It's just ocean stuff, so Freaky. it's uh, a lot of stuff uh, above the ocean, you know, creatures who might live sort of along the coastline oh, yeah. or who might depend on fish from the ocean, but the second episode is called The Deep. And they go, it, actually it starts with a crew that goes to the, the ocean floor in Antarctica oh. for the first time. Like oh, they really? go a kilometer down to the ocean floor. And surprisingly, shockingly, there's all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff at the bottom of the ocean in Antarctica. So anyway, I'll give a more in-depth review after the show is done. But it's really cool. It's on BBC Earth. Saturday nights, for those who have no life like me and are excited to sit at home on a Saturday and watch TV and watch animals do cool things. That's all the time we have. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.